Let the conversation continue with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Sometimes when we do this show, Ryan, it's the stuff that happens off the air that should be on the air, minus maybe some of the words that are used. I'm just going to bring Rob Brown on with us now because what's the, I mean, he's here every week. We just sat there during the break just quoting, uh, you know, Waterboy. And it's just, you bring up such a great point. We're like, there are certain movies where you can just sit there and you can quote it and everybody knows exactly what the hell you're talking about. Now, people don't understand. I got a Bobby Boucher jersey sitting behind me right now. If you're watching on Twitch or YouTube, the home setup has no real jerseys. Well, not in the shot. It's all movie character jerseys that are here. Shane Falco is always the one people gravitate to. But I said, Rob, don't sleep on Bobby Boucher. And then after that, it just became one after the other after the other from Waterboy, which to me is one of the all-time great quotable movies. Uh, it's also 26 years old since we asked. Oh. And also my knee my knee hurts now for like no reason at all. <laughs> God. Your arthritis yeah. is kicking in. Oh, Jeez. Hey, we were talking about the NFL draft last segment. And do, does this to you, the because this is how we kind of feel. Like, Bobby Boucher obviously is not in the draft, Bob, in case you're wondering. Uh, but <laughs> we this just has the feel to me of one of those crazy NFL drafts with a lot of trades, a lot of lies. I think it's going to be more difficult to bet on this time around only because of the potential for so many trades, the potential for six, seven wide receivers going in the first round, a lot of edge rushers, some tackles, obviously the quarterbacks, especially at the top of the draft. Like all of the most important positions in football are at a really deep spot in the first round. I feel like it's going to be insanely difficult. So every year right after the Super Bowl, uh, I do I do mock drafts, right? I think we all do. It's just one of those things that we as dorks love the opportunity to do. And this year, I got about four picks into it, and I was like, "Yeah, screw this, I'm done. I'm not doing it this year because of that, right? Like it's just it's 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 too much. There's too much to guess. We have yes, Kevin Warren can come out all day and tell me how sold they are on Justin Fields and how much belief they have, and he's the guy. I don't believe you sir I just I just don't believe you so and that's not to say that I guarantee that Justin Fields is not a Chicago Bear next year because I have no damn idea and if he's not who moves into that spot uh, the Atlanta Falcons yes they could be on the hunt for quarterback I personally think whoever passes on Jaden Daniels is going to live to regret it that's a guy I've been hyping all year long that's a that's a question mark if you do want a quarterback, is Justin Fields the guy? Is Kirk Cousins going to be back in Minnesota? Like, this is going to be, through and after the combine, two months of sheer chaos between here and there. And you're, that's exactly the reason. There's a whole lot of I just don't knows uh, with yeah. free agents, with trades, and with picks. What do you think Atlanta should do? Like, in, in your perfect situation for Atlanta, like, is it Justin Fields or is it like a Jaden Daniels, Drake May? Do they get a rookie or would you rather it be a guy that's, you know, got some experience? Because I don't uh, know. I just feel like that never really works out. You know, the guy with experience. Uh, listen, I'm a Saints fan. So I, the perfect thing for me for Atlanta is to lose another 28 to three Super Bowl. Yeah. But if I'm trying to actually make that team better, Jaden Daniels is my guy. Like I understand Justin Fields has got the experience. Yeah, we all know that. Justin Fields had DJ Moore this year. Justin Fields had the tools there. How much do you blame Matt Eberflus? That's up to you, but obviously not that much because they decided to keep him for one more year. I am going to go with 
we've seen good moments out of Justin Fields. Have any of us seen multiple moments, more than like a fistful of moments that you looked at Justin Fields and went, there it is. There's that flash of greatness, right? Like there's that spot where we go, okay, this guy can do it. We really can blame the Bears. I have not seen that. I saw that out of Jaden Daniels over and 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 over again for LSU. And oh, by the way, he he won a Heisman Trophy off of a three-loss football team, which you're, from what I've been told, not supposed to be able to do. And he did it. He's that good to me. I'm absolutely rolling the dice because if you get it wrong with Jaden Daniels, you get it wrong with Jaden Daniels. It happens with quarterbacks all the time. But if you get it wrong with Justin Fields, you're also coming off of Justin Fields' contract, which means that you're not going to be able to build as efficiently around him as you would in Jaden Daniels. And also, Jaden Daniels is real good at foosball. Real good at foosball. Yeah, really awesome, man. And he made me a lot of money. And also, first non-drafted quarterback, Marvin Harrison, went from minus 185 to minus 500. All right, I wanted to show everybody I'm smart because I can't believe we got this far. I didn't hedge my Niners future. We bet some Niners. Nick liked the Niners. You and Trista were on the Chiefs. She, we don't yeah. know when she's coming back to work. Gloat, make fun of us. We were dumb. You bet Mahomes. You were smart. I, listen, I'm just going to go with uh, Ryan and I are now one and one and talking you know what to each other based on picks between the Natty <laughs> yeah, and yeah, this yeah. one. So I'm, I'm not I'm not going to tap dance on the grave too much because I'm also one and one in championship games uh, this year. I, let me let me say about that game real quick, because I know everybody wants to talk playoff Pat and we should playoff Patrick Mahomes is that guy. But I'm kind of over the phrase. Don't sleep on playoff Pat. It's Andy Reid. You can't sleep on. He, he straight up did in Kyle Shanahan. Go back and watch that game and watch what San Francisco was doing to take advantage of Travis Kelsey, who finished the first half with one snag for one yard, right? San Francisco drew up the absolute perfect defense to remove Kelsey, to put the pressure on, you know, all these other Kansas City wide receivers who outside of Rasheed Rice have been largely uh, not there throughout the season, more drops than any other team in the NFL. And then in the second half, when Andy figured out what they were doing, they changed up the game. They started going with a lot more empty set. They started moving the running back to be the slot right receiver instead of Kelsey. It forced the linebacker that was playing one-on-one bump every time against Kelsey to move in. Now all of a sudden, Kelsey's open. And wouldn't you know it, he goes from one catch in one yard to what was it, eight catches for 93 by the end of the game. Like, Yes, Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP, fine. And and I say fine only because realistically, there wasn't really anybody else you could give it to. To me, I know we don't give MVPs to players on losing teams. Christian McCaffrey was the MVP of that game as far as I'm concerned. I just know we don't give it to to guys on losing teams. The MVP of that game should be the MVC of that game, and it should have been Andy Reid because the halftime adjustments he made won it. And also, Kyle Shanahan... Firing Steve Wilkes was a bull you-know-what move, dude. An absolute bull. He gave up. His defense gave up one offensive touchdown to the Kansas City Chiefs. And, oh, by the way, the one offensive touchdown came on a muffed punt when they had to go 16 yards to pay dirt. That is a coward's move, Kyle Shanahan, and you have lost me as a bro. You know, you bring up the Andy Reid over, not over, but like, let's give more credit to Andy Reid and not just Patrick Mahomes. 
in, in a lot of ways, it's really just the perfect marriage, right? It's the perfect pairing between the two where, you know, we talk so much looking, obviously, at the draft here. By the way, I found something here. If this would interest you guys, team to select number one overall. The Bears are minus 390, but the field is plus 250. So there's, there's stuff like that out there, too, where if you do think the Bears are going to trade away that pick, maybe there's that opportunity. But, you know, it, 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 is, it does come down to fit where being the number one overall pick, number two, number three, whatever the case is, isn't it necessarily the best thing? I mean, financially, initially, you make a little more money, but it's so much based on situation. It's so much based on the culture, you know, the offensive line, the coaching staff, and what the expectations are going to be. Patrick Mahomes was drafted into the absolute perfect situation to succeed. One of the all-time great coaches, a veteran quarterback in front of him, and a team that had one of the best records in the NFL that season moved all the way up to go get him and said, hey, sit back, learn. We got you for a year. This is going to be your team down the road. They put him in an absolute perfect position to succeed, and then he's got three Super Bowls because of it, Rob. Yeah, that's it, man. Listen, Reed and, and Patrick are perfect. I would go so far as to say I think Andy Reed's good enough that there's a lot of good quarterbacks you could plug into Kansas City, and that offense would still be fine. It just happens to be excellent because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. But, hey, look. Let's look at what C.J. Stroud did in Houston right like, this year, right? I mean, this was a a, a mix of uh, D'Amico Ryans turns out to be exactly who I thought he was going to be when they hired him, just a young, fantastic guy who gets it and gets his players wanting, on to, wanting to be on the same page, built an excellent staff around C.J. Stroud, and they nailed the draft. They got their guy at QB at two, and then they got complimentary pieces. And, oh, by the way, it doesn't hurt when you peg both the offensive and defensive rookie of the years in the same draft. But realistically, it is about, especially when you're talking about drafting a quarterback, right? Like there are two guys that are coming off the board in the first three picks that I don't love. And that's Caleb Williams and Drake May. I think Drake May's got a little Josh Allen, but not quite as talented. Caleb Williams, I just, I, I look at the dude and I know that I'm making a judgment call without knowing him personally, but Caleb Williams doesn't strike me as the guy that's got the head on his shoulders for the NFL. We all saw him on the sideline when things were going poorly at SC this year. You look at the, the, the attitude of a Patrick Mahomes when things are going poorly and counter that with Caleb Williams. He just looks like a dude who it gets in his head and he starts to fall apart. So I'm a little concerned about that. Part of the reason I think the kid out of LSU, Jaden Daniels, is the right guy to go one overall, but that's another discussion. I think it's about the circumstances, and more importantly, again, if you draft quarterback, to draft complementary to that pick down the line. That's what Houston did, and all of a sudden, C.J. Stroud's winning a division. Granted, it's because the Titans imploded. It's because the Jaguars imploded. It's because Anthony Richardson got hurt in Indianapolis, but that's the NFL, right? Like Things like that happen, and you've got to take advantage of them the Texans did around C.J. Stroud. It can be done, but you got to hit on a talented guy. You got to pair him with the right coach, and you've got to draft complimentary and build around that guy. You've got to buy into a rookie quarterback immediately. This is why I got so frustrated with the Carolina Panthers. They got Bryce Young, and then they did nothing. They got him Hayden Hurst and went, oh, that's good enough for you, right? No, that's not That's not a thing, dude. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Uh, all right, uh, we got about three minutes. Pitchers, catchers, reporting, baseball season. I need an early February 15th World Series pick, and it can't be the Los Angeles Dodgers. I allow no laziness here. <laughs> I'm going to go with this. I appreciate that. 
because the lazy yeah. pick is the Atlanta Braves. That's the team in okay. the NL. Like, I know, listen, we're all hype on the Dodgers. We'd be, we should be. Shohei's there. Here's the thing. Shohei's not pitching. So we, you picked up a great DH. Nobody's arguing that. Shohei Otani is going to be an incredible DH. But you picked up a DH. Does a DH swing the team? Like, does a DH take you to the next level? Look at one through four in the Braves lineup and look at the Dodgers one through four. They're pretty much level. Now look five through nine. In five through nine, the Braves have three all-stars. They have one other guy that was right on the verge of becoming an all-star. And if Chris Sale is able to, with the change of scenery from Boston to Atlanta, get back to the dominant form he was in. And if Atlanta can do what they didn't do last year, which is keep their pitching staff healthy, the pitching staff for Atlanta, front end through the pen, can absolutely go toe-to-toe with what they built in LA. And the nobody wants to talk about it. That's fine. I will, boys. The lineup in Atlanta is Better one through nine than the lineup in Los Angeles. Atlanta, if you would have said no lazy picks, you can't have the Braves or the Dodgers, that would have been a better way to phrase it. But that's not what you said. And I'm a smart boy, Atlanta. <laughs> no, but I it's mean, funny, though, because I mean, I've, you know, I was just saying, like last year, this was a team that I looked at and thought this Braves team last year was better than the team that won the World Series, Ryan. So it's like, you kind of look at this and say that it may come down to a team, the Braves and the Dodgers in the NLCS, if the Braves don't find a, or the Dodgers don't find a way to, well, you know, flame out beforehand. Yeah, funny, listen, I, I, I think those, I think those are the best. I think those are the best two teams. Both of them did it last year, right? Atlanta lost to Philly for the second yeah. year in a row in the NLDS. Yeah. Uh, the, the the Dodgers lost to the Diamondbacks. At least the Diamondbacks went on to the World Series, so you got that going for you, which is nice. Boom, Caddyshack, add it to the quotable movie list. You're welcome. I uh, I think that I think that those two teams, top to bottom, are easily the runaway best two teams in the NL, and it's not particularly close. The only question is, will whatever bug – it's playoff baseball, fellas. It gets weird. It happens every year. Nobody should be shocked. Yeah. Which one of those two teams is going to be able to put whatever it was that did them in in the playoffs last year in the back pocket, get past it, and move on. And whichever one of those two teams answers that question won't just be in, fellas. One of those two teams is winning the World Series. I have already got a bet plunked down on Atlanta and LA because one of those two is taking a ring next year. Only got like 30 seconds here, but I will say this. I think the future now of the Orioles with new ownership, that's not going to be cheap, puts that organization in a position to be an absolute, I mean, they could be a dynasty if they're willing to spend the money on those young kids they have. I agree. Foundational is is incredible. Baltimore did what Atlanta did, right? They invested in the farm system. They built an incredible foundation, and now they've got guys in the position to sign the checks that are willing to do it instead of talking smack to their own fans for no damn reason at all. Yes, Baltimore is going to be good for a while, but they're still a step behind Atlanta and Los Angeles. Oh, no question. Yeah. Young, talented, but still have a ways to go. But you're right. I mean, when you look at this and you say... What, what, what are you doing saying this to your family? The Angelos family is just complete disaster. That was one of the greatest sales. Oh, like, just leagues as a whole should realize bad ownership. Force them out. It's not good for your league. It's not good for the sport. We got to hold owners accountable more. That's a conversation. Hi, David Tepper. Oh, God. Oh, one after the other after the other. Rob Brown, bet for the cycle. The fan upstate. Always good to talk to you, buddy. See you boys next Thursday. It's bet MGM tonight.